0: Admit what you did, Dave. Admit what you did. Come on, come on, admit what you did. Admit what you did. This week on the podcast, Mystic River. It's the greatest movie podcast. It's the greatest movie podcast. It's the greatest movie podcast. It's the greatest movie. Come on and hear me now. Greatest movie podcast. It's the greatest movie podcast. It's the greatest movie podcast. It's the greatest movie. Come on and
1: hear me now.
0: Welcome to the greatest movie of all time podcast. I am your play by play co host, the Big Deck Boski.
1: And I am his wife, Gia Smith, or the Gster.
0: We're going to watch every single movie ever made and decide which movie is the greatest of all time. How you doing today, Gia?
1: Doing all right. How you doing?
0: I'm doing pretty good. I'm hanging in there. Mm-hmm. I'm hanging in there. Yeah, uh, I we're uh,
1: at midweek. You know, it's we're we're almost at the end of the week.
0: Midweek, midweek. Uh, today we are talking uh, Mystic River. But before we get to that, last week the Gister and I discussed Killer Clowns from Outer Space, and I believe the episode was cut off. Don't worry, we weren't attacked by clowns. I just suck at life. So please check that episode out in any episode in our catalog. We are on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever app you want to use. Please subscribe and review if you can. It's very helpful for the show. Let us know what you think on social media. Start an argument with us, agree with us, give us suggestions. Come find me and kiss me square in the lips, whatever tickles your pickle. You can find us at the greatest movie of all time podcast on Facebook, greatest movie pod on Instagram, and you can always send us an email at greatestmoviepod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Tell your stupid friends about us. And as our favorite small-time gangster, robber, thief guy who was has dangerous friends and is married to Laurel Linney for some reason always says, Is my daughter in there? Mystic River is a crime, drama, mystery, thriller film directed by Clint Eastwood. The budget for the film was an estimated 25 million and made 156 million worldwide. It stars Sean Penn as Jimmy Markham, Tim Robbins as Dave Boyle, Kevin Bacon as Sean Devine, and Marsha Gay Harden as Celeste Boyle. It has a 7.9 on IMDb, an 84 on Metacritic, and on Rotten Tomatoes it has a uh, 88% on the tomato meter and an 89% for the audience score. Honestly, those are two of the best scores I've seen in a while for any movie we've done yeah. collectively. Uh, some of the reviews, let's see, we got a couple of good ones here. <clears throat> this is by David Anson of Newsweek. He says, this is a positive review. He says, violence and revenge have been a staple of Eastwood's work from the beginning, but here he explores his subject from a new, more ambiguous angle with no regard for macho titillation. Another one uh, I uh, liked was uh, by Jeff Andrew from Time Out. He says, It is in many ways Eastwood's tightest movie for some time, and certainly his darkest since Unforgiven. Indeed, the ending offers as corrosive an assessment of the limits of American justice as anything in his career. The negative one I dug up uh, is from David Walsh of World Socialist Website. Eastwood's film is rooted in a profound misreading or, more to the point, a profound ignorance of society and human relationships. His false and shallow premises lead the filmmaker to construct an unconvincing, fantastical drama. So, most people liked it. Some people didn't like it. You're going to get both. Um, So, you know. That makes sense. Rick's report uh, from Rick Barrasso, former co-host of the show, says, I don't... Have a sh- really. I don't really have a strong opinion about this movie. It's good. It's about as Dennis Lehane as a story can get. Uh, Dennis Lehane uh, being the author of the book, the, mm-hmm. the novel, I believe. So let's do a 30-second summary of this movie. If you want to put 30 seconds on the clock for me. Sure. Um, and I will go ahead and stumble through the summary of this movie.
1: All right, no worries. Uh, you ready? Let's do it. All right, in three, two, one, go.
0: Three children in Boston are they are hanging out in the streets of Boston and a car comes and takes away one of the kids and it ends up being Dave Boyle and he grows up and they all grow up and it, it's revealed that Dave is molested over the course of several days and they all grow up in different ways and the Sean Penn's character's daughter gets killed and they think it's Dave and it might be somebody else. and. Wow. So, <laughs> well, I suck at this.
1: No, honestly, you did a good job. You just had a... a you know, had you just said those things faster, uh, you would have been just fine.
0: But <laughs> Okay. Well,
1: it was a good Gia, do you
0: remember seeing this movie? I know when we watched it last and it wasn't your first time seeing it, but maybe your second time seeing it?
1: Um, yeah, I think this might have been the second time. I don't remember the exact first time I watched it, but this was a good refresher. Um, I hadn't remembered everything, like... As soon as I started to see specific scenes I was like, "Oh, wait a minute. Yes, that's what happens." Oh no. Yep. Um but yeah, you can tell from like the just the very beginning of this film that like it's just you, it's your it's setting yourself up for a whole night of sadness.
0: Yeah, it's a sad movie. It really it's is. A very it sad it, it movie. it's 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 Definitely like a crime film, but it also it ends in a very sad, sour note.
1: Yeah. Do, um, do you remember the first time you remember watching it? No,
0: I, I think I saw it because I knew it was acclaimed, and I knew that Sean Penn like had you know won the Oscar and everything, so I knew mm-hmm. it had accolite uh, uh,
1: accolades. Accolades.
0: I was at the Acolytes.
1: Did this come out uh, before right. or after I Am Sam?
0: Uh, this would be after. This was two thousand three, I believe. I think I Am Sam came out in like two thousand one, maybe.
1: That sounds right. Something like that. By the but, way, um, if you hear any crunching, I'm just uh, gnawing on some uh, pina coladas icebreakers. Not sponsored hashtag. Wish we were. But That's here. right.
0: We are sponsored by icebreakers pina colada. I will grab one now. The taste is in you. The taste They're is delicious.
1: Good. Listen to the crunch, Ready? That's pretty good.
0: You 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 totally um, missed my slogan. The taste is in you. The taste is good.
1: Oh. <laughs> I did miss that. Sorry.
0: So icebreakers, if you want to... Um,
1: Sponsor us. Please do. Send yeah. me all the icebreaker pi- piña colada Sponsor flavors. up. My
0: mom's calling me. Gonna ignore that. All right. And uh, let's... Why is
1: that emoji of her, of her bald still?
0: My, ma- my mom was not she doesn't know how to make an emoji proper. Just, <laughs> it just... It looks like a bald baby smiling.
1: <laughs> it really does. It's a, maybe... Uh, maybe Jedzia did it.
0: Maybe. So. Uh, let's talk about our top three scenes of this film. Uh, the We do our favorite three scenes, or sometimes they're not favorite, they're just the top three scenes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but let's talk about your third favorite scene.
1: All right, so my third favorite scene would have to be the intro with the three boys, you know, and it's just... Uh, just to see, you know, like, these three miscellaneous facts is that the kid who plays Dave was actually in another movie of, like favorite movies of mine called wrist cutters do you remember i showed you that movie yeah i remember wrist cutters yeah so the kid who played dave was actually in that movie and i thought that was kind of a cool parallel but you know i'm like wow this kid just really enjoys depressing movies apparently but um yeah he did a really i thought all the kids did a really good job in that scene and uh poor dave uh that character really does go through a whole lot from beginning to end in this but yeah that was my number three scene what was your number three scene
0: my number three scene was the ending sequence. Um, I think, you know, it, it's a little bit. I think we kind of have an idea what's going to happen. You know, the the two brothers, the two uh, you know Jimmy Markham's friends. They they bring Dave Boyle out to drink, and then uh, and then Jimmy and Markham shows up, and the four of them are sitting there, and you know something's up, and mm-hmm. they get him so super drunk, and they bring him outside, and and Jimmy wants to hear that Dave killed his daughter, mm-hmm. which we know is false based on the facts of the movie, and. Dave was talking about how he killed, like, a uh, a child molester. Mm -hmm. He thinks he killed him and stuff. And and it's just so not believable at this point to them because he changes stories so often. And then, you know, you have um, Jimmy wanting Dave to tell him, you know, just, you know, tell me the truth, basically. Like, admit what you did, admit what you did. And Dave is just like, there's no way out of this. Mm -hmm. So I might as well just lie to him and just die, which is horrific. Um he gets stabbed by jimmy and then he gets shot um uh, that's
1: that, that yeah and, and it, and it kind
0: of ties into the end the other end part two is where um jimmy markham and sean divine are on the street and sean comes in to find jimmy and he's like we found them we got him <laughs> and jimmy's reactions of just being he's already super depressed for so many reasons but one of them he killed one of his childhood friends Yeah. and then he finds out that he killed him under false pretenses and,
1: and his sister-in-law's husband, and like yep,
0: and it's it's just he he just he's so it's just so insane to him what what he the information he just found out, and then yeah. he can't believe what just happened, and and then again tying into the the kind of the odd ending of like Laura Linney's character being like you're 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 like a massive man like you're gonna take over this town and mm-hmm. like. It's kind of an odd way to go about the ending of like Jimmy's in despair, and yet his wife is like, "You're you're you shouldn't be sad. Nobody should. You're 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 like the top guy or whatever." And then at the parade, you know, they're all there, and Sean's with his wife, who they were like estranged for a while, and mm-hmm. now she's there with the baby, and you know, Sean points like a finger gun at him, like basically like, "I got you." Um, it seems like I'm not going to do anything about it, but I got you. I know it was you, and then yeah. and then jimmy puts his hands up like here i am you know come get me you know which is interesting but i feel like i think we had this discussion too where sean i don't think it's in his best interest to go after his childhood friend based on the connections that jimmy markham has in the city Mm -hmm. um it's probably he just has a you know his baby's back his wife's back like his life is good right now do you really want to go after jimmy markham and and maybe (laughs) disrupt all of that
1: and I definitely get that for good storytelling, but like, it like as a, a viewer who just felt so bad for Dave's character from beginning to end, it just made me feel like, you know, there was no closure for that poor character.
0: Right. Yeah. Oh, there is no closure and, and and I think the ending in the parade, you know, you Celeste, you see Celeste who's played by Marcia Gay Harden, who I fucking adore. She, yeah. She's such a great actress. She, she
1: did such a great job. Everything I've seen
0: her too. in, she just she's all in. Oh yeah. And her facial expressions and like her seeing her son like waving to the sun and the sun doesn't like doesn't wave back at her and she's so it's alone. So sad. She's so alone. And it's and you know it's devastating. She's yeah. not even with her family, you know, out of their other family, which is like Laura Linney's character and Jimmy Markham.
1: And the fact that Laura Linney's character, like you mentioned, was just so like, no, you don't, you shouldn't be upset at nothing. It's like, bitch, that's your fucking, your that's your sister's husband. Like he didn't do anything wrong.
0: I wonder if Jimmy told her.
1: I don't know. That's we, a good question. I don't
0: know. Yeah, me neither. Maybe she'd have a different opinion. If if so, all I know is that Laura and not a lawyer in this movie, and that's shocking.
1: I, that was one of my <laughs> my funny facts. I'm like funny that she's not a lawyer in this movie.
0: There's a scene where like she's like, okay, I got, I got, I got to go to the firm. <laughs> she's like, oh God. <laughs> um, but what is your number two? Uh,
1: my number two scenes, a uh, scene, scene is actually yeah, scenes. It's all the scenes that involve uh the characters uh Brendan, uh what is it, Har- harms Brendan. Brendan Harris. Harris, I, I, that you know what? It's my pen. <laughs> they leaked together. I'm like, that doesn't look right. Harmus, who's Harmus? It's, <laughs> Brendan it's Harmus. Harris, <laughs> and his brother uh, Silent Ray. Uh, I love, I love the scenes earlier on in the film when they're just kind of being brothers, and you can see that. Well, number one, uh, the actor Tom Geary, who plays Brendan. I thought did such a great job
0: Smalls from Sandlot that's,
1: And that's that was the other thing Like what a transition that's like I the,
0: think. the other thing that you know him from now Is like people are like Oh the Sandlot And then later he was in Mystic River I don't
1: understand That's not my ball
0: And then of course <laughs> I don't know if anyone knows this But he was in a, uh, a show That only lasted for one season Called The Black Donnellys It was about like the Irish Mafia In Boston mm. um, I was actually interested to see that show But then it got cancelled up to one season
1: it's, That happens sometimes Some really great shows And then he
0: got in trouble with the law For a while and That's he, there's, there's, a, there's a picture of Tom Geary, and he's just like. You, you ever see you, that photo of him?
1: Yeah. You, you guys can't see what he was just doing, but. Look, his look, lips
0: look, look very dry, and he's making a really weird circle thing with his mouth. I would just look up Tom Geary arrested Google Images and just go ahead and laugh, because what the fuck is he doing with that face?
1: Poor Tom Geary. He did a great job, though. I thought he did a really good job in this movie. Mm. And the, the, I just, I like the relationship between him and his brother at first. Um, you know he came off very sweet, like you know he was always helping him. And what a freaking bitch of a mom that they had! Like yeah. everything that she said, I just wanted to oh, I wanted to punch her so bad. She's definitely
0: like you oh, know she, she's definitely like a woman who's a kind of a product of her situation. Like she was married to I guess just Ray Harris, and uh, and Ray Harris was also obviously a scumbag.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so she's kind of like I don't fucking care now, but like you have kids to you have kids to to, to, to take care take of. care of, and, and it's like don't be a bitch he's like she was like I don't know what he did between after going to go into his bedroom and
1: like he could get, have climbed out a
0: window it's like you, it's your son
1: like you and you know how much he or she didn't know she didn't know about their relationship right no one did and they were gonna and that's a, another whole crazy part to the story too is that uh, Sean's Katie uh, yeah his daughter Katie and uh, Brendan were going to elope in Vegas yep. and what she was only 17
0: something like no, I think she was 19, oh, 19 she was 19, 19. yeah
1: but, like, what a sad, sad turn of events. And the fact that, like, at the end, you know, I got to see that character just go kind of ape shit on his brother, which was just kind of like, this whole time he's been, like, the sweetest person. It's like, how can you do this horrible thing to the one person that he loves more than anything? Like,
0: I also like the little detail in there, and I'm sure it's bigger in the novel, when Jimmy is, like... Sometimes I get that look from Katie, like I'm never going to see her again. Yeah, and she had that look in her face, but it was because she was going to go to Vegas, not because she was going to get killed. Obviously, right. so. Right. But it's a nice little detail mm-hmm. there. But, um. So yeah, my number two is the scene where uh, Jimmy and Dave are sitting on the porch. Um, when they come over Jimmy's house, and I, it's very Boston, yeah, the, very, the way it looks, like it, it's almost like it reminds me of like The Departed too, which would come out three years after this. Like the scenes where people are sitting on a porch and having a drink and smoking, it just yeah. looks like where I live. Mm-hmm. So it's very, it's very uh, usual, I guess is the word, or very, uh,
1: it's very homely, close to home, close to
0: home, yeah. And, and you know, uh, they're sitting there, and it's very awkward because you know Jimmy and Dave, they don't. They're friends, but they used to be good friends. And now they're just kind of like, well... it's Awkward And Dave doesn't know what to do. Dave's an awkward person now. Dave's gone through a shit crap... You know, he's gone through so much that he's like a broken person now. He doesn't even know how to handle regular things. One of the things we really see Dave do is like... He watches TV, he drinks beers, and he takes his son to school and plays like wiffle ball with him. But like, he's, he's a broken man. And so he's sitting there trying to comfort Jimmy, but he doesn't really know how to. And I don't think anybody really can.
1: Yeah. But
0: Jimmy has some really great lines and especially Sean Penn is so good at acting <laughs> but he's sitting there and he's like he's like my own little daughter I can't even cry for her I can't even cry for my own daughter and Dave's like he's like you're crying now and it's a really nice little scene yeah and stuff and and, and Sean Penn I think the one thing that we talk about is people who cry in film how believable is it yeah, I believe Sean comes when He cries. Oh yeah, He goes all the fucking when he does things like that, and I think mm-hmm. that scene is really, just a really nice scene between two people. But it definitely foreshadows some bad stuff too. And, yeah. and it's just, it's just the whole movie in general is just. There's not a lot of scenes where you're like laughing. Mm-hmm. It's not one of those movies. It's it, it's a dark movie. For sure. Um, but
1: that's a great scene. Yeah. Um, So what's your number one? Sadly, I did not choose that as my number one scene, but definitely, it was definitely almost on my list. But the ending scene where, you know, admit what you did, that that whole sequence from, you know, like this is what the kind of part of the movie that I feel like made it almost like a thriller for me, not in terms of like, you know, uh, a typical thriller, but like, you know, it's just the scene of having those two brothers with Dave, you know, and like, you know what's about to happen. Like you can sense it. And, like, almost he can sense it. He's drinking more, you know, maybe trying to numb what's about to happen. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, Sean Penn's character shows up. And, like, you're like, okay, it's it's, going to happen. Like, they take him outside. And, you know, he literally tried to admit what actually happened. And, you know, he was forced into telling a lie because he literally thought that was the only way he'd probably be able to see his son again. And his wife which he mentions and it's just so heartbreaking because at that point we don't even know and then all of a sudden it kind of comes out and then what what a fucking ending yeah that was my number one yeah
0: i like the way it goes back and forth between like the brendan stuff and that you're just like oh my god and then you're
1: like please don't do it i love i
0: love when brendan like punches the his brother's friend and he's like he
1: broke my fucking nose and that's such a kid reaction too like because when we're kids uh, if something happened like I remember my brother like wanted a play fight with me And I just did not want to and so he literally like pulled me up by my shirt and just started like You know like punching my arm or whatever and so I literally like picked up the laundry basket and did like a ballerina spin and just like whacked him wow. in the face Whacked him in the face and like he got so mad at me like and that was like when, when you get to that point You're like, I'm gonna kill him you know what I mean? Like when you're a kid right, and that's why right. he got he got his nose broken. And he's like, I'm going to fucking shoot this kid in the face yeah. because he just fucking broke my nose.
0: Right. And I, I always thought it was a weird line by Kevin Bacon who busts in. And it's a very tense situation. You don't want anyone to get shot. And the first thing that character Sean says is... Uh, you know, something about, like, it looks like he already beat us to it. Like, beat, like... like yeah. And I was like, why would you antagonize this kid right? with a fucking gun in your hand? Like, it's not funny. <laughs> like, don't say that.
1: I also just want to note how much I couldn't stand Lawrence Fishburne's character. Like, he did a good job of making him such a dick. Yeah. Like, everything he said throughout he, the whole movie, I was just like, what, what, what is his fucking deal? It's
0: kind of like good cop, bad cop thing. Like, Sean sure. is obviously the good cop and stuff. And I really like the details... Um, the little scenes with um, Kevin Bacon calling, getting phone calls from his wife and you just see her mouth. Mm-hmm. I like that camera shot of just seeing her like her nose and mouth. You don't see her eyes. You don't know who she is. Yeah. I thought that was a really cool addition to the story of like because the one character that doesn't really have a lot going is really Sean's character. He's the one who just grew up to be a cop. Mm-hmm. He's living in Boston. He's doing whatever but his wife's gone for some reason and, and at one point we find out that like he's like once everything is settled he's like listen I pushed you away please come home. Mm-hmm. And that's all she needed. And the camera goes up and shows her face. That's all she needs to hear for her to come home. And it's... There's not a whole lot to that, but it is emotional once that does happen. Because you're like, all these things are coming into place now. And like now finally, like, he gets some happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, really, really cool scene is the, the ending, of course. My number one is the, the, the scene that's always shown in the trailers. And the scene that's always... When you think of Mystic River, you think of this big crowd dad? of cops mm-hmm. holding Sean Penn back and and Jimmy Markham being like is that my daughter in there and he's going insane and Sean's like it's the father like what uh, what do I do here you know what I mean that's like a very weird situation and uh it's emotional it's big you see Katie's body kind of all fucked up in that little like trench area or whatever the and the ditch and and Sean one of my fun facts was that Sean Penn actually asked a Clint Eastwood is like, can you have like an air compressor thing for me for when the scene's done? Because I'm gonna need to like, I'm gonna need air. Because he's, yes, yeah, champagne yeah. goes all, he goes all in. When you get to that state of emotional, like your daughter just got killed. In a, you know, in, in a scene, you have to portray that. Yeah. He's like, I need just in case I don't have air afterwards. So wow. That's goes to show you how committed Sean Penn is as an actor. I feel like we haven't done a lot of Sean Penn movies in the show. We
1: haven't.
0: I don't even think we've done one. I could be wrong though. I can't think of one that we've done, but. Um. Back. Yeah. So those are our top three scenes. Let's jump over to the worst part of the movie for us. I'll get this one started for us. I think we probably have, but we both kind of have maybe a similar one. The only one that I really listed was um, the kids um, in the beginning of the movie. Being
1: oddly casted. They're
0: oddly casted. And the reason is is because we were a little bit confused as to which kid was who. I think we knew which one was Dave because he was the one with the hat and he's the one who gets into the car. Right. But the other two, one of them has like jet black hair that looks just like Sean Penn's when he gets older. Yeah. Yet that kid is supposed to be Sean.
1: I I noted this, too, while we were watching it because that's when they, like, write their names in the wet cement.
0: Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's really odd. And I was like, maybe that's not the case. And you're like, no, no, no. Gin and Gia then uh, looked it up on IMDb, and she's like, no, this is the the way it is. So I I thought that was a little bit odd. I don't really know why. I couldn't find any information as to why that happened or if anybody else had an issue with that. But
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I thought the kids were just not correct. I don't know. That was the
1: same thing I had, yeah.
0: Okay, so anything else besides that?
1: Again, but this is I mean, obviously this is just the creative direction of the film, but again, it's not a problem with the film. It's more of just like I wish that there was some kind of closure for Dave. Dave got no justice from start to finish. Just what a sad ending to a story. Like I guess the one and only justice is he got to, I guess avenge. A young boy who was being abused by an older person and killed that person. Yeah,
0: and I think this hack might go kind of with the theme of the movie, or just in general. But like, I noticed that like when people are victims and people grow up, you know, as rape victims and somebody who's just gone through so 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 much, and the government kind of forgets them Hmm. and doesn't really give them support and what they need. And also, if you think of the movie like Joker, Mm -hmm. that things like that. It almost seems like it's realistic, though. I always feel like these people are forgotten, and then when they get older, things don't get easier. Right. Like, sometimes, I mean, most of the time, I feel like there are not happy endings for a lot of people who are victims. Mm -hmm. And it's horrific. Like, what do you do for these people? How can you help them? Like, we should be doing more. But Dave's character is, it's just, you know, like... It's
1: sad. It is
0: sad, but it's like, why? But but, I think because, and again, I know you hate this, but I know, like films like to do that nihilistic thing where like life sucks yeah this is life Mm -hmm. deal with it and like jimmy markham's a criminal he's a thief he's a fucking killer he kills we find out that he kills uh ray harris
1: yeah
0: he 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 kills dave he's a killer he's a thief and a robber he gets away with it and sean's like what do i do should i you know and that's and that's how it ends it's like you're just another just another boston tale (laughs) <laughs> right. You know, like
1: um the other thing that I wanted to uh mention was why did Dave wait so long to mention that he saw Jimmy's daughter?
0: Yeah, I think he's fucked up.
1: Yeah, I know for sure. He's you definitely know, fucked up, but like that, that that's a that's a notable thing that happened that night. Like, you know, cross your Ts, dot your I's like but yeah, you're right, he's he's fucked in the head. What was the movie that he was watching? Was it something about vampires? It's
0: actually the movie was vampires. It's with James Woods. <laughs> yeah, That's I've funny. never seen it, but I remember reading that in like, the trivia. Um, but like, he's so fucked up that he's talking to his wife about vampires and how like they, they're undead. And she's like, what are you talking about? Like, we've never had this conversation before. And she's starting to understand like how fucked up he is and, and things like that. So he's a tragic character, for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. She did a great job, though, for sure. I can't
0: say enough good things about Marsha Gerhardt And I she just goes I remember seeing her in law and order SVU and she's just incredible in that Mm -hmm. Um, she like goes undercover the mist mist, oh she's so good in the mist just you want to punch her in the face every and she's so good and like you know obviously you want to
1: give her a hug you know yeah
0: she's just like she's good at playing those character actors that have issues and Mm -hmm. like um, but let's jump over to our gold silver and bronze Mm -hmm. Um, who is your bronze
1: my bronze is Derek LaHaye, the writer of the novel. Dennis LaHaye. Dennis, I can't read my own handwriting. It's I, I gave myself the tiniest little square on my journal to write in. I'm sorry, guys. I'll work on my penmanship for next uh, episode. Please do. Shut up. Um. But yeah, the novel writer. I thought the story was just compelling from start to finish. Uh. You know, it was put together incredibly well. Obviously, credit goes to the screenplay as uh writer as well. But they, I thought they did a really good job with the story. I think yeah, it was a very yeah.
0: I'm, I mean, I, I'm not a big writer, but maybe someday. I'm, I'm sorry, reader, but maybe someday I'll, I'll, I'll take a take a peek at the novel. Yeah, same. My bronze is a tie. I went with Marsha Gay Harden and Tim Robbins. Um, the two of them together are just great. They have really great cra- uh, chemistry. Um, yeah. I'm a big fan of both actors. Um, I think that their characters are the most interesting in the in the movie. They're the ones that are really going through the issues.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, it, it feels like Kevin Bacon's character Sean and and uh, Lawrence Fishburne's character Whitey. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: they're the ones that like take you through the movie. You kind of follow where they're where they're going, who they're questioning, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Jimmy Markham's just kind of sitting there waiting to get some information. Um, but but Dave and Celeste, they're like those those. Uh, characters that you're just like really interested in what's going to happen and stuff yeah. and i, I just like for
1: their scenes. yeah and i
0: know i know dave is a fucked up character but i almost can't believe that like he wouldn't tell his wife all these things that he's really feeling yeah. like he's so hidden and nervous about it but again if i was in his position maybe i'd feel the same way right. it is a situation where like you know even like i remember i always remember this but in the movie jurassic park when the little kid is in the tree mm-hmm. and he falls with the car and he's like and then um the main character comes and he's like, you okay? And he's like, I threw up. And he's like, it's okay. I won't tell anybody that you threw up. Mm -hmm. It's because kids are embarrassed and they don't want people to know certain things. But imagine being raped by two men over the course of three. Maybe that's something that you just don't want to fucking tell anybody about because as soon as you start talking, and again, that's what victims deal with. They deal with, you know, the whole Me Too movement is like all of these women who are like, I'm afraid to come forward,
1: obviously. Yeah. and then
0: they were, they see somebody coming forward and they're like, maybe I'll have the, cover, the the courage to go forward as well to come forward. So for Dave's, he's just like, I can't even tell the person who's closest to me really what's going on with me. But it seemed like as they were talking about it, she was like, oh, you mean all those years ago. So he apparently must have told her, but maybe she didn't there know must have
1: been, there must be some kind of inkling, but he probably didn't go into any. Yeah, details. he probably
0: didn't really tell the whole full story maybe, yeah. but um, who is your silver?
1: So my silver was actually also uh, Marsha Gay Harden and also Tim Robbins because they, you're right, they ca- these were the characters that I was following. Like, obviously we're following another very specific character, which is misleading to my my gold. But um, I think that from the very beginning I was intrigued with Dave's character and then seeing his life kind of just follow through. And I can't, like you said, I can't say enough good things about Marsha. She is fantastic as an actress um, compelling to this story um, I wholeheartedly felt so bad for her character and uh, Tim Robbins as well they just both did such a great job with these parts
0: and they and they do things with their faces just without even dialogue
1: mm-hmm.
0: Marsha Gay Harden has this face about her where like, you know she's 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 nervous and she's yeah she just has a good face and so so does Tim Robbins they just they just it characterize so well. it so well yeah it's a great casting, yeah, uh, for sure. My Silver is a tie between Clint Eastwood and uh, Brian Hedgeland. I thought uh, Brian Hedgeland um, wrote the screenplay, and mm-hmm. Clint Eastwood is the director. I think that it's really well put together it's definitely an academy award type movie for sure and one of my fun facts that i'll bring up now is clint eastwood uh the the production company was like we want you to film this in toronto it'll be cheaper and he's like we're filming it in boston Mm -hmm. you can't tell me when like the the novel takes place in boston
1: it needs to be authentic you need and and again
0: like there are scenes like there are movies like in new york and stuff that you get that new york feel and stuff but i feel like you could almost film those in other locations like chicago as long as it's a big city yeah Boston has something about it that's just different. It just has a feel to it. Mm-hmm. And I think the people around the country also know that too. Like if we... We don't think we have Boston accents, but when we go to... Like if we go to Montana, like, you guys are from the New... At least the New England area, right? And you're like... Yeah. how do Even John, like our friend John, like moved to Arizona. And he... All everybody is like, you're from Boston, aren't you? And he's like, really? I, I don't think John has a Boston accent at all. Same. But they're just like, you sound different from us. So like you must be do from we New England. Do you
1: know anyone with like a really thick Boston accent?
0: Um...
1: I think your dad has a little bit of one. My Michelle sure. does. Oh, we got. Oh, I, I love Michelle's. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Yeah, I can't. She,
0: she's got. She's kind of got that, like almost like a Brooklyn accent. Yeah. Almost. Well,
1: she's from the North End, right? The
0: North. I think so. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, I, it comes out of me when I'm driving.
1: What the fuck you doing, you bozo? Although
0: he could, could be just an Italian thing. It could be like, "Hey, what the fuck you doing? you fucking cut me off." I don't know if it's necessarily Boston. I'm not like. Yo, what are you doing? You're going to fucking you're going to cut me off when I'm going to the packy? <laughs> like, I don't do that specifically. By the way, I never use the word packy ever ever in my life. That may be been the third time I've ever used packy, but I always use it ironically because <laughs> I never say packy. Do you know what a packy is? I don't. I,
1: went, I didn't want to seem uncool. It's
0: supposed supposedly packy is supposed to be uh, like a liquor store. Okay. In Boston and like it might I think it's an older term people used to use. Oh yeah, one of the packy, get some booze like I don't no, I forget why it's called the packy, but I've, it's not a term used really anymore. I f- f- at least people, people I know don't use it, so...
1: Not one I know uses it.
0: But, um, but yeah, Clint Eastwood, Brian Hedgeland, I think the two together did a really, really fantastic uh, mm-hmm. story and film. So what is your number one?
1: Uh, my gold goes to uh, it's a tie between Clint Eastwood, the director, which I think did a fantastic job job of this film, and Sean Penn. Yeah, Yeah, Sean Penn is definitely a gold in my eyes. He did such a great job.
0: Yeah, we can keep just talking about it. Sean Penn's my gold. I think um, he he has a string of movies in the early 2000s and, and, and maybe mid-2000s that are like he just keeps hitting home runs. You know, you got um, I Am Sam, which you know, there's been critiques about him going full you know, full mentally you know. I think that he's so good at that though. Like He's mm-hmm. so good at playing these characters you, you wouldn't believe him playing not in a million years. If you had seen Sean Penn in the movie, I think it's called um, Colors, I think it's called. It's with uh, him and uh, um, Robert Duvall. They play cops. Robert Duvall is like the good cop, the older cop who's trying to like, teach mm-hmm. Sean Penn. And he's like the more brash. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to just knock someone's head in, which is the Sean Penn that I think of. Right. And in the movie, um, spoiler alert, uh, uh, Robert Duvall's character tries to teach Sean Penn, but at the end, Robert Duvall's character gets killed. Okay. Sean Penn takes over like... It takes over his role and then there's somebody who's below Sean Penn his new partner mm-hmm. and at the end you see Sean Penn kind of being like stop being an ass like he learns that that's not the way things are and you gotta grow up And but then like, I'm watching that movie and I'm going oh man this is like and then you see Fast Times at Richmond High like Sean Penn is that guy and then all of a sudden, you see, like, I Am Sam and Milk, and you're like, who the fuck is this guy?
1: I loved him in Milk. I thought he did such a great job.
0: Yeah, oh and, and that's... If you
1: haven't seen Milk, please, just give it a watch. And then
0: Mystic River, he 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 shows, and I haven't seen Dead Man Walking, but it's on the list.
1: <gasps> oh, my God. It's on the I, list. It's such a good movie. Yeah. He did, oh, talk about, yeah, he's, I keep forgetting about some of these roles that he's done, and he's just...
0: Kalido's Way, he plays a guy who looks and sounds like, like Larry Fine. He got curly hair. He's got like he's he's playing opposite Al Pacino, and he's just like he's so talented as an actor.
1: I'm down for any Sean Penn movie. Yeah,
0: he's he's really spectacular. So he's definitely makes sense that he's our gold,
1: mm-hmm.
0: as uh, along with Clint Eastwood. So let's jump over to our uh, let's do you know let's do miscellaneous before we do recast.
1: I kind of already gave away all my miscellaneous. Okay, I
0: got some stuff to read, and I will read those to you. Some of them I already mentioned, but I'll just go through them uh, quickly. Um <clears throat> the situation at the opening of the movie is based on an incident when as a child author Dennis Lehane's mother severely reprimanded him for getting into a car with men who claimed to be plain clothes policemen. I don't know what happened it, he doesn't nothing's mentioned that Dennis was actually like molested or anything but he got into a car with men wow and they were they were it's just who claimed to be plain clothes policemen and she got mad at him for that so he was able to get out or something like that, but that's where the story started.
1: Interesting.
0: Um, At around five minutes in, when a young Dave is thrown into the backseat of the car, a man in the front passenger seat turns around and displays his ring, a bishop's ring. The book never indicates that the character was a priest, but it was added to this movie since filming took place during the priest sexual abuse scandal in the Boston Archdiocese. So... That's a good little go. Clint Eastwood thingy there, where you just like I think this makes sense.
1: I would not be surprised. Or
0: maybe it was it was the uh, um, the screenwriter, but uh, Michael Keaton was originally cast as Sean Devine. He had done several script readings, and the rest of the principal cast, and he had been doing research for the role with the Massachusetts State Police Department. Department. Massachusetts Police Department. You are in the stateies and living in a, in Boston for several weeks. A month before principal photography was to start, Keaton. And producer and director Clint Eastwood got into a huge argument and Keaton left the project. A week later, Kevin Bacon was cast in the role. Keaton was in a movie about child abuse by the Catholic Church in Boston called Spotlight. Um so that is that. Wow. Eli Wallach, who if you didn't know, he's the uh he's the he's in the scene where he's like the, 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 the guy who works at the bar and he's the old guy. Oh, and I have the bullet and the bullet was over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eli Wallach is Oh yeah, is he a,
1: was in the holiday.
0: Yep, he's in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly with Clint Eastwood. Yes. He's the ugly.
1: Oh my god, I forgot he was in that. Um,
0: and that's what makes it so great, the cameos, because you're like, yeah. oh, Clint Clint got him back, and it's like, that's what, cool. 50 years later, they're together again? Like He's
1: not ugly, he's a good guy. I
0: think The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly is like, ugly personality is what it means.
1: That's probably
0: better uh, off. <laughs> but Eli Walla claimed that he filmed his scene in one take, and without a single word of direction from Clint Eastwood, who had such confidence in his acting that merely knowing his lines would be enough. Nice. <laughs> um... Uh, interesting fact here, the three main characters never all appear together as adults.
1: Oh, I never caught that. That's yeah, a good point. They're never
0: all together, but all them there's always two of them. Yeah. Which is interesting. Maybe that shows like the kind of the, the, the falling out the three of them had yeah. over the years of growing up. They're
1: not all friends again. That's why they're never all together. Yep.
0: Soon after Katie's murder, Jimmy Markham says to himself that while he doesn't know how, he himself helped cause it. In the end, his hunch is proven correct. Ray, whose father Jimmy had murdered, and whose brother fills in as a father figure, is provoked into attacking Katie when he learns his brother is eloping. An elopement that would be unnecessary unnecessary had Jimmy not despised Ray's brother. Also, the gun used by his pal to murder Katie came into their hands after after the murder of its owner, Ray's father. Mm -hmm. So, interesting there.
1: Good storytelling.
0: Yep. And the film and its source novel artfully handle the delicate topic of uh, dissociative identity disorder and childhood trauma. I mentioned this earlier. Dave, while clearly being the th- the least threatening of the presented suspe- suspects in the films proves the sacrificial lamb for the story. He, it demonstrates what psychology has recently uncovered. By failing childhood trauma survivors in their youth, society damns them to a life of being misunderstood, even feared, when that's the last thing they deserve. Wow. I that was pretty powerful. That's
1: really powerful.
0: Um, and again, we it sucks. Like, Dave doesn't deserve that, but he's a misunderstood and he's a broken person.
1: Yep, it means we need to work on our system.
0: For sure. Let's jump over to our favorite segment, and that is casting. Uh, I casted four characters. I casted Jimmy Markham, Dave Boyle, Sean Devine, and Celeste Boyle.
1: Okay, I've got Jimmy, Sean, Dave, Celeste, and is it Annabeth? That's the his wife, right?
0: Oh, Laura Lindy's character. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, who is your Annabeth?
1: My Annabeth is Minnie Driver.
0: Okay, interesting. I feel
1: like, uh, you know, I've seen her in one boston film, and I think she can... I've seen her do an American accent, and I think she can do a really good job, and I feel like she hasn't got enough work.
0: If they, Well, she can't. they can't get her head in the whole camera shot, so... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Family guys. Mean joke, but very... She's She's got a beautifully shaped head. She was in a movie where she played, like, a, a Miss USA pageant. Beautiful. It's a good movie. Anyway. I've
0: seen Minnie Driver in a couple of things. I think, so, obviously, I've seen her in... Um, uh, Goodwill Hunting. Good Hunting, and then also she plays a really small part in GoldenEye. Oh, really? Yeah, she's she's when James Bond visits Valentin Zukovsky, played by Robbie Coltrane. No,
1: oh, um, There's
0: all these like Russian women on the stage singing "Stand by Your Man," and it's like very bad. Like it's very it's very bad. Like the vocals aren't very good, and she's like the main girl, Aww. and uh, her name is Melina, and he's like. Um, bond is sitting with Valentine and that they're singing in the background very badly like these cowboy outfits and uh Bon's like who's the girl? And Valentine's like, This is he's it is my mistress, Melina And Bon's like, Tell her to go.
1: <laughs> and Valentine's
0: like, Melina, take a hike and she flips him off and walks off the stage. Aww. And as she's walking off, the vocals of the song are still playing, so you're like was she not even singing? <laughs> like, it's such a weird scene. They
1: recorded horrible vocals for this. Yeah,
0: it's just it's so so pitchy. That's funny. But um, okay, so uh, let's start with um, let's start with Sean.
1: Did you not do Celeste? Uh, or are you gonna wait to do Celeste? Let's wait to do Celeste.
0: Okay. Um, just because she's my only female. Okay. I want to just I don't want to just put her in the beginning. Sean Divine. I went with Joseph Gordon Levitt.
1: Okay. Yeah, I
0: think that. Uh,
1: I keep forgetting he's older now.
0: Yeah, he's an older guy now and he's he actually is. around the he's actually around the same age that I may have Kevin accidentally
1: I, I think I definitely aged up my characters. Yeah, like one accident.
0: character is 78 for some reason. I mean, well
1: no, I mean cuz these actors that I'm thinking of, I think of them in their like later 20s maybe early 30s but i keep forgetting they're probably in their like 50s almost 60s now
0: i have confidence in joseph gordon levitt i love his acting i think that maybe he would play up the boston accent a little bit too much but Mm -hmm. i I, want to have faith in him like i feel like he'd be like what are you talking about but not everybody talks like that in boston so you don't have to go that far like like what's her face vera for whatever her name is in the departed she's like yeah he's my cad it's like, it's just like, okay, like, not everybody, it's not that bad all the time. Yeah. But, um, as you can tell by my voice, I pronounce my R's. Okay. Wait, I think I do too. Who is your Sean Devine?
1: My Sean Devine is Ethan Hawke. I like it. Yeah? I
0: like Ethan Hawke a lot okay, for that good. role. Great, great, great choice. Good, thank you. Um, even though you. Ethan Hawke has been taking a lot of crazier roles nowadays, I'm actually really excited to see, I think, Black Hat
1: oh yeah black that, like, like, is it like that, a horror yeah he
0: has that mask on he like kidnaps some kid and he like puts him in a di- I want to see that really bad because Ethan that's a really strange Ethan Hawk performance
1: yeah I remember when I saw him in uh Dead Poet Society and mm. I was like this is like it's such a another dramatic role uh that I thought he did a great job in but uh I want to see him be kind of like a a boston cop
0: yeah, it's, it's, I, think, I think it's I think easy. It oh my it. God, a Ethan Hawke.
1: <laughs> I said his name and that's the first thing I thought of.
0: So Celeste Boyle. Okay, so I picked an actress who's definitely not the same age as Marsha Gayhart in this movie. She's a lot younger. Okay. But this actress is also currently playing a, a character who seems like she's a lot older but is still very young. And she is knocking it out of the fucking park and that is Olivia Cook.
1: I knew you were going to say who, that. She's playing oh. currently
0: playing Alice in Hightower in House, House of, of the, the Dragon. Dragon. Uh, she's... Really great. Like we just just by watching *House of the Dragon*, you know, the 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 movies are gonna come out of the woodwork for her. She's got yeah. beautiful face. She's got really great acting skills. I think she could pull off Celeste really well, of like I think that so really too. nervous wife who's like not really sure what's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love it. I could so. see that
1: for sure. That's a good one. Um, Celeste. My Celeste is an actress who I've loved everything she's come out with. I think she can do drama, comedy. um, Accents and that is Rachel Weiss.
0: Love it. Yeah. I love Rachel Weiss. Yeah. great. Uh, so far, Ethan Hawk and Rachel Weiss, like that, that really works in this universe so far.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Rachel Weiss is beautiful. She's married to Daniel Craig. Yep. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's kind of well, I
1: was going to say, what a beautiful couple. Oof.
0: Daniel Craig taking off his shirt and then. You know what? I don't, even, I don't need Rachel Weiss. I just want to see Daniel Craig taking your <laughs> shirt off.
1: I had such a... Well, I have to say, every character in the movie The Mummy, when it came out, what was that, 1999 or something? Something like that, yeah. Um, I, I was in love with every single one of them, including Rachel Weiss.
0: we got to do The Mummy soon. I know you all yes, have, 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 have fun doing that oh, one. Oh, yes, we do. And uh, Daniel Craig also is going to be in the next uh, Knives, Knives Out, out movie. And, and the director's like, yeah, obviously his character's gay. And I'm like...
1: Well, this I should didn't, be fun I don't know why
0: you said obviously because like I didn't see anything like that in the first one, but that's I know Daniel Craig was like really pushing for James Bond to have a gay scene. He's like Bond would do anything for the mission, including gay sex. I
1: think so too and uh, Craig Craig gets one. Craig gets
0: what he gets what he wants and I, and they were saying that he might have like a different accent for this movie. And I think that's hilarious. like every movie he's in he's, as a detective he's just a different from somewhere else. <laughs>
1: that's
0: funny. Uh, I love it. so um. Let's see, so we got Jimmy Markham and Dave Boyle left. Uh, Let's do... Who do you want to do first?
1: Maybe we'll do Dave.
0: My Dave Boyle is the outstanding, the fantastic, the marvelous Paul Dano.
1: Okay, Paul Dano.
0: Oh, I mean, come on. Paul Dano could fucking do this. Oh,
1: absolutely. I mean, he could could act his way out of a leather... Picture Paul Dano with his
0: glasses on, just sitting on the couch watching a movie, and he's just like... She's like, what are you talking about? He's like, I'm talking vampires. They're undead. Can you picture Paul Dino being such a fuck... It works so well. Paul yeah. Dieno would just... I'm so, Paul, if you're listening to this, we know you are, but you could play <laughs> fucked up characters so well. Good for you.
1: But honestly, you could play any character. Absolutely. Like you're, you're de- he's definitely the one of the highlight actors of our generation. Paul Dino's
0: a Derek's guy.
1: He's a Gia's guy, too. Whoa, whoa, whoa.
0: whoa. Oh, okay. Take your own guys.
1: Can't we have fun? Together? We can split.
0: You could have the Paul I'll have the Dano. I want
1: the Dano. I want the Dano. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I want the Dano. If we were naming our episodes not what the movies were, this one we called I Want, I the, want the, the Dano. Dano. <laughs> All right. So, who is your Dave Boyle?
1: Uh, my Dave Boyle is another actor who I feel like we've enjoyed anything we've seen him in. Um, he's been in a movie that we've done on this podcast. I think uh, you know, I don't know, again, I kind of aged up by accident, but he's an actor I really love, and that's Billy Crudup. Yeah. Yep.
0: Billy Crudup, that would be very interesting. Uh, you do, usually don't see him in a role like this. He's usually more of a confident yeah. character, but this would be a nice little change for him.
1: I remember, Well, do you remember that movie, Jesus's Son?
0: How can I forget? Every time I turn on this TV, it says <laughs> Jesus' Son. For some reason, it still that's pops true. up. as a movie that we watched once. I'm like, why are you still telling us? This was like six years ago. But I'm and I'm pretty, sure, pretty like, sure that was a DVD that we put in.
1: Yes. No. I mean, I think I had tried to like see how much it would be if I oh, ordered gotcha, it on Amazon. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Now so it's
0: just not going away.
1: It doesn't go away. But I love that movie. It's weird. It's Billy really Billy up there. and
0: Jack Black, Jesus' son. Very weird movie. Very
1: weird movie. Give it a give it a watch. It let, a let us know what you think.
0: All right, Jimmy Markham. We might have the same actor here. I know here. we
1: don't. We do not.
0: Okay, so I went with uh, somebody who's. Got a very powerful presence on the screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, can play literally anything we've seen him do, and that is Tom Hardy.
1: Ooh, that's a really good one. Yeah. That's a really good yeah, one. Yeah, I
0: figured you gotta play you have somebody who like look, looks kinda like a gangster a little bit. Yeah. Pull that off. Kind of be a tough guy, former thief, former killer, present day killer. <laughs>
1: and I think he just recently won like he's he does MMA fighting, and I think he just won his last match yeah
0: and looking back I really liked seeing Tom Hardy Paul Dano Joseph Gordon-Levitt as the three I think it works
1: that's interesting that's a a real interesting trio right there wow so who's your Jimmy Markham Uh, my Jimmy Markham and like I said no way in hell would you have, have we have gotten this together but uh it's someone who I've only seen a lot of in the 90s but like even aged up, I think he could pull this off really well, and it's that's it's, it. And he has the very young Johnny Depp-looking face, and that's Skeet Ulrich.
0: Yeah, Skeet Ulrich. He's. Um, I mean, it's definitely interesting.
1: Yeah, I don't. I, I can I, see him having that tough guy. I know, can't. I
0: mean, I haven't seen anything in him besides screen with him being an adult. Yeah, The Craft. Right. So, does he even still act?
1: I hope so because <laughs> I thought he did a really great job then.
0: Wow, I mean, they they pull him out of uh, acting...
1: Retirement uh, or... Or obscurity
0: just to be in this big fucking Hollywood film.
1: Uh, you know what? I had a really tough time with I <laughs> That's okay. So I, but I, I, I stick by my, my He choices. definitely
0: does have a very Johnny Depp uh, look, look to him. him. Yeah.
1: Pardon the sound of my weird water bottle. It makes sounds. And watch, I say that and I'm going to take a sip and there's going to be no sound. <laughs> and I was right.
0: <laughs> All right, so we are going over to the Oscars for 2003. Mm-hmm. Let's take a gander. So, best picture of the year, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Oh,
1: 2003. that makes sense.
0: Yep, it was uh, very overdue for Lord of the Rings film to win. Uh, nominees were Lost in Translation, Master and Commander, Mystic River, and Seabiscuit. Wow. I think Mystic River deserves to be there. I think so, too. I think so it too. was a pretty dramatic and powerful film. they'll so.
1: probably kick out Seabiscuit.
0: Well, we don't have to. Because Mr. Quiver's already there.
1: Oh, good. (laughs) I just wanted to kick it out anyway. Seabiscuit, what are you
0: doing there? New category. It's called Just for the Fuck of It. The G-Show will kick out a movie that doesn't need to be kicked out. (laughs) All right, that sounds great to me. Seabiscuit, out. (laughs) Best director. Uh, Poor Tobey Maguire. Best director. Uh, Peter Jackson wins for Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Uh, very uh, well deserved mm-hmm. nominees were Fernando Meireles for City of God love City of God I me agree. and Rick did that do that a, movie that
1: was a great movie Sofia
0: Coppola for Lost in Translation mm-hmm. Peter Ware for Master and Commander and then Clint Eastwood for Mystic River so another accolade here another nomination for Mystic River yep Best Actor was won by Sean Penn, Mystic River. Nice. Nominees were Johnny Depp for Pirates of the Caribbean. Or I, I wanted to say Caribbean, but I wanted to be a jerk. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean sounds bad. Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl.
1: Are we doing that one coming up soon? I'm Captain Jack Sparrow.
0: Yeah, we could, we could do that soon. I think that Michelle wants to do that one, so we'll, we'll do that one with her soon. Nice. Ben Kingsley for House of Sand and Fog. Jude Law for Cold Mountain, a movie I enjoy. That's a great movie. Bill Murray and Lost in Translation.
1: Pause for a second. Sure. I just have to say there's a lot that's come out lately about Bill Murray, which has been very disheartening because he was somebody that I grew up loving. And everything I've heard lately about him has been all so negative and just like the way he treated like all, a lot of the women that he's worked with. So I just want to say, Bill Murray, if you're listening... G- gotta change your ways, man.
0: He's probably, I mean, I-, I can't see how he wouldn't be a dick. He seems like a dick.
1: I know, but you know, He's I a- thought just Chevy Chase was the dick. I had to <laughs> just come to terms with that. And now it's this. It's
0: ego, you know?
1: I get it, but like, come on, you guys. Like, is uh, who's the other person that I'm thinking of then? um, uh, the, the other SNL alum. Duh.
0: Duh. Duh. Help me. I don't know. Who my, you're talking he was in about. My
1: Girl, he was in Ghostbusters. Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd, thank you. My God, I don't know why I couldn't think of that right now.
0: And the performance of a lifetime when when he was in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom.
1: <laughs> yes, but Our, like I think he's still a good guy.
0: He seems like a good guy. Uh, Best actress was won by Charlize Theron for Monster. Uh,
1: oh, yeah, she she, des- she
0: deserves that. it. Um, nominees: Keisha Castle Hughes for Whale Rider, Diane Keaton for Something's Got Something's Got to Give, mm-hmm. Samantha Morton for In America, and then Naomi Watts for Twenty One Grams. Okay. Do we think? Um, <laughs>
1: I don't think she had a big enough role that Marsha K. Harding
0: should have. So, Marsha K. Harden actually is nom- nominated for sure. Best Supporting Actress. That's
1: okay. Yeah, then that's.
0: So, I don't think Laura Linney falls in here either. No. And the girl who plays Katie's. No. no. Uh, Best Supporting Actor is won by Tom uh, Tim Robbins for Mystic River. Nice. Nominees were Alec Baldwin for The Cooler, Benicio del Toro for 21 Grams, uh, Digimon Hansu for In America, Ken Watanabe for The Last Samurai. Do we think, I mean, Tim Robbins wins. I don't think, um, I don't think Kevin Bacon really does enough here to no. be Best Supporting. His, his character is a little bit more tame. Mm-hmm. Best Supporting Actress is won by Renee Zellweger for Cold Mountain. Mm-hmm. Nominees were uh, Shoray Agdashloo for House of Sand and Fog, Patricia Clarkson for Pieces of April, Holly Hunter for 13, and Marsha Gay Harden for Mystic River. I think Marcia Gerhard needs to be here. So yeah, the fact sure. that she didn't win, it's okay. As long as she's mentioned, nominated, I'm happy. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's see. Nothing for Best Original Screenplay, Best Adapted Screenplay. Yep, it is nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay, but it's won by Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. And let's see. Nothing. It's not in the category for Best Animated Feature Film. I'm not sure why and let's see if there's anything else that it was nominated for and i don't believe so
1: i think this is a movie that we've one of the first in a while that's actually had a big year at the oscars yeah
0: best original song it gets nominated for that which is um scarlet begonias by the grateful dead which is played often in this movie that's a joke
1: (laughs) i was gonna say i'm like i don't remember that but okay
0: Dave Boyle, he just can't get out of his head for some reason. Um, I don't see anything else for that. Was, I said Scarlet Bagonias actually.
1: Well, I still had yeah, the other. Okay, shut up. <laughs> uh,
0: but that's it for the Oscars. Okay, excellent. So we got through the Oscars, and what are we eating with this movie? Is there food even consumed in this movie? Um, after for for, for Katie's death party, whatever he those <laughs> are,
1: the, a mercy dinner.
0: Yeah, at the house. Did you see when Sean Penn opens up? Like his pantry, the shit he has in there. There's like 45 cases of everything. There's like boxes of food. It's, it's like a, a market in their pantry. I was like, damn, they have a lot of food.
1: I did not I did not notice that. I've I gotten.
0: noticed things like that because I really enjoy food and a drink.
1: <laughs> and drink. And a drink. As long as it's not water.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know what we're eating with this movie. I, I guess uh, um, I, something from Boston
1: Something from Boston? Yeah. A Boston cream donut. How about, a
0: sausage, how about a sausage and peppers and onions? Sausage and
1: peppers and onions. At from the feast.
0: You go to the festival? Go you Go to the feast. Go to the feast?
1: feast?
0: Yeah? yeah, you get that. Yeah, it's good. It's real good. Yeah? No. no,
1: father. I'll, I gotta see you tomorrow. No, okay? father. 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 <laughs> farter. <laughs> farter. <laughs> <laughs> farter. <laughs> <laughs> we both did. His farter? <laughs> no, no, no. His, his <laughs> The wheezing is me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we, can, we, can, we can see that, thing. the wheezing is you.
1: Uh, shut up! Alright,
0: I'm putting 30 seconds on the clock. Are you going to tell us why Mr. Craver's the greatest movie of all time? You ready? Uh, I guess so. Alright, here we go. Three, two, one, go!
1: I mean, you got Sean Penn, you've got the compelling story, uh, such a greatly written screenplay, the director's Clint Eastwood, he did a fantastic job. Uh, you know, if you want a very dramatic story that takes place in Boston and, you know, you're going to be crying in one way or another and just seeing such compelling acting, watch Mystic River.
0: Alright, that was 25 seconds. <sighs> Alright, nicely done. Sure. And now we're going to discuss the theme of the movie. What do you think the theme of the movie is? What's the theme here?
1: If you live in Boston, you're going to be sad one way or another for one reason well, or another. Like-
0: <laughs> Look, I guess the moral of the film, too. Like, I don't think... Th- I mean, it's definitely a little nihilistic to me where, like, the, the good guy dies, you know? He was actually
1: a good beating guy up from... a guy
0: who was getting a blowjob from a kid. I mean, it was a fucked-up scene.
1: Very. A very I mean,
0: fucked-up scene. And
1: it's funny, because... Not funny, but while we were watching it, I wasn't sure, because, you know, there are circumstances where, like, kids are living on the streets and they get into, you know... I've seen other movies where like, you know, uh, for in one in particular, like my own private Idaho, where like these younger kids are essentially selling their bodies on the street for because they're homeless, you know. And so when I was watching it, I was like, I don't know if this is just like an actual kid who's just like down and out and like trying to get some cash or if this guy like purposefully like picked him up and like is now abusing him.
0: Yeah, it seems like he was abusing him. That's what I yeah. that's what I got from it. Um, the kid didn't seem like he was a street kid, personally, but who knows? There's not really a lot of backstory there, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it just it just goes to show you that, like we said before, the government doesn't really do a great job with with, with these people who need the help, yeah. and they're forgotten, and things like that. And I'm not saying it happens all the time, but it, there are circumstances it happens, where
1: it happens. It, it happens too often. Let's, let's put it that way. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. But it was a great story, great film. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's discuss what is coming up um, the next movie we are doing and Gia we did discuss this and you already forgot and you're gonna be very excited when I tell you I'm
1: excited already what movie
0: we're gonna do and I next
1: don't know you're right
0: and don't go crazy I don't want you to clip the microphone with your loudness okay. but the next movie we're going to do is Clue
1: <laughs> are you serious? yes
0: Clue is next week uh, I really
1: forgot cause I'm really yep. excited
0: starring the great Tim Curry
1: oh my favorite he person gets he gets Earth. gold silver and bronze Dumb. Um,
0: it's going to be tough to, to figure, to pick up our scenes though. And, and it, oh,
1: there's it's going to be, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough. One but, of the uh, first few, uh, I think this was right around my birthday. Uh, right at the, like, I, like, it was in the height of COVID and you got me those three different clue masks.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. Yep.
1: And I found those amazing. I'll, I'll talk about this at the episode. Yeah. Because I'm going to give a lot away. We'll have
0: a lot of fun to include. So I'm that'll excited. be next week. We hope you enjoyed Mystic River. Uh, also, uh, we do. Gia and I have another podcast called The Greatest Album of All Time Podcast. The last one we did, I believe, was Hunky Dory by David Bowie. Mm-hmm. Or am I wrong about that?
1: I'm pretty sure you're right.
0: Um, and we're going to be doing um some coming up. So check out our episodes for that. That's a lot of fun if you like to dissect albums and if you're a big fan of like classic rock music. Uh, we typically do classic rock albums and also I'm sure if you're listening you're aware of my other things that I do Mm -hmm. other things I am in a band called the cosmic vultures Uh, we've been around for a while we just released our new single called psychotherapy it's on all streaming platforms there's also a music video for it I would really appreciate it if you uh, check out the song check out the video and if you're on Spotify listening to it please also heart the song uh, the more that we get there, that means the song will get on playlists.
1: And so that would be much appreciated. Really
0: helpful for me and the band.
1: And I'm in that music video too, so and check she, it out. It
0: is, she is. And uh, so we had a lot of fun doing that. But next week we'll be doing Clue. Yay! We're excited about that. we we'll hope watch you that enjoyed right now. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed Mystic River as we did. Uh, we will see you next week. I have been... Your co-host, I think it's now. Not, I'm I'm over the Big Deck. Bo- I said Big Deck Boski earlier, but I think we changed it to the Great Deck Boski. The Great Deck Boski? The Great
1: Deck Boski. The Boski. and I've been his wife, the Jester.
0: Again with the southern accent, and that's just your Yeehaw! gimmick. That's your gimmick. Now it makes no sense.
1: <laughs> I'm running with it.
0: <laughs> All right, uh, we will see you next week.
1: Bye bye.